Mommy. So, hey, Mom. Mommy. What do you think about this? Mommy. 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 Hey y'all and welcome to the next edition of the Millennial Mama podcast. I, I definitely appreciate everybody that's been listening, that's been providing feedback, that has been just a supporter of something that I never thought that I would do. Something that I always wanted to do but never had the courage to do. I, I definitely appreciate you all taking the time to just listen to, to me talk. Um, I promise you it's going to get greater. It's going to get more amazing. It's going to get to the level that I wanted to, to that I want to get it to. It just takes time. I'm not LeBron James. I didn't go to high school and went straight to the league. Like I, I know that I'm putting in the work, laying the foundation for something that I want to last for quite some time. Uh, right now it's just me, but like I said, I like I promised. It's going to be more than me. You're going to hear the thoughts and opinions of others. And it's just going to be a great conversation going forward. Um, Again, I thank you all for listening. You don't have to. It's other things that you can tune into. I know you have a favorite song right now that you might want to turn on, but you are listening to the podcast. Um, I'm not sure how many of you all notice that my voice may be a little different. That's because I have something extremely heavy on my heart. I've actually recorded this podcast, this specific podcast, maybe five or six times and talking about different topics, but I've canned all those. I said, those are due for a different time. And I wanted to make sure that I got this topic off again, because I I do do tell y'all that yes, I'm open to going to therapy and I have therapy appointments and I I talk to other people, but this is something that I wanted to make sure that I got to as many people as I possibly could. And not only that, it happened in real time. Like I'm recording this probably 30 minutes after it happened. Before I get into anything specific, I want to definitely make sure that I tell my sister happy birthday. I've probably told her 15 times today, but you're going to hear me say a lot. You give people their flowers while they're alive enough to smell them. And happy birthday. You're 25. You're doing your thing. You're not a perfect person, but you're working to be the person that you want to be. And I know that everything is a work in progress. So happy birthday, baby girl. That's my mama's baby. And enjoy your day. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your month. However you decide to spend it. We see you working and continue to keep, uh, continue to do what you what you feel that you and God have set out for you to do. So again, uh, if you haven't told my sister happy birthday, reach out whether it's an Instagram, whether it's a Facebook or a text message or a phone call, whatever you deem necessary. Just let her know happy birthday, whether it's tomorrow or whenever. Just let her know uh, happy birthday. Uh, she's 25 today. She's the baby and she likes that kind of attention. So again, happy birthday, baby girl. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, now to get on topic of what I wanted to talk about the funny thing is my mom has been here August will make a year right she's been here for almost a year and she has noticed that I have gotten a little naive to the things that are happening in the world not that I'm not aware but really in my mind I think or thought that it's never going to come to pass in my world. And I would say in the last week specifically that I've been chin checked. I've gotten a reality check. More specifically today, I I figured out that no matter how much money you make and 
middle class America because I think that's what I consider myself. We're definitely not upper class, but we're not lower lower class. And middle class America, people are still trained to think the way that they think. And they've been taught this. They are going to continue this moving forward. They're teaching their children this. And no matter what I think or feel, this shit is not going away. For forever, for a very long time, you would hear me say, okay, it's not going to last forever. This is just a one-off situation. But no, it's not going nowhere. And it's, it's, it's hard to talk about. It's hard to experience. It's hard to move forward after you've experienced this type of situation. So uh, without me talking around it, what happened was I went into the 7-Eleven to play the mega millions because I might be a, I might be a mega millionaire when you hear this. Like that's my plan. I think that God probably touched me was and said, Hey, it's your time. Hopefully it is. If you are just listening to this podcast and, um, like if you didn't play the lottery, pray for me that I'll at least win. Cause you didn't even play. So you want somebody, you know, to win. You don't want just a stranger from an old weird town to, to win. And so I went in and I went to play a quick pick on the Mega Millions and the guys behind the counter. I went to a 7-Eleven. Most 7-Elevens in my area are run or operated by uh, like Indian people, Native Americans. I I don't know the correct verbiage. They're they're not black, they're not white. They're they're like Indians or whatever. I'm sorry. But they ran by like Indian people. Let's just say that. And the guy said to me, he was like, and I've been in that 7-Eleven probably 400 times. And he said to me like, hey, you have to be careful. And I was, I didn't even pay attention to what he said. Because at that time, I was filling out the Mega Million form and picking my numbers, right? So he said it again as if. He know that I wasn't paying attention to what he said, but he wanted to make sure that I heard the words that came out of his mouth. So he said it again with a little more bass in his voice. You know what men, how men react when they want to make sure that you hear what they say. And that was the stance that he took. He was like, well, you have to be careful. And I was like, what do you mean? Like at that time I looked up and he caught my attention and I, I didn't know why he said what he said. So I wanted to know. Y'all, you know, I like to talk. If you listen to me, like, damn, that girl talk a lot. She's talking to herself. Yeah, you know, I like to talk. So for the third time, he re- he repeated himself. You have to be careful. And at that time, I looked up and I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you know, they're calling the police on people. At the same time, mind you, I'm filling out my numbers on this card. So that's what my attention is focused at. But I want to want him to understand that I'm giving him just an ounce of attention. When you're married, you know how that go. You make sure that you give somebody a little ounce of attention. That way you don't think they're disregarding, you're disregarding what they're saying. So I looked at him, I said, what are you talking about? And he said, they out here calling the police on y'all. And it completely went over my head for maybe seven seconds. Maybe, if it took that long. And then I looked up and I say, what? He said, yeah, they out here calling the police on y'all. And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, um, 
he laughed a little bit and he said, I watched the shade room. I know what's happening in the world. And then at that time I was intrigued. You said the shade room, you're an Indian guy and you're an older Indian guy at that. I'm like, you're not watching no shade room. You're not paying attention to what's happening out here. And he said, no, um, this earlier, he said earlier, um, a white lady called the police on a white lady. I'm like, here? Like, in here? I have no idea, people. I don't know. And yes, I can attest to be a little bit naive. Like, I think, or I thought for a, a long period of time that I moved in this into this area, or me and my husband made the conscious decision to move our family into this area that's probably 80% white and 20% black and um, the schools are great and you don't have to worry about locking your car doors or locking your your front door that type of situation I'm thinking okay like we're not going to experience that what my naive ass had been thinking for all this time is that as long as everybody minding their own business, everybody's going to work, everybody's doing the same thing, everybody's like-minded, then we're not going to have any problems. Wrong, stupid, Danielle, what the F were you thinking? Like, no, that's not the case. I understand how, or I understand what's happening in the world. Like, the, the person that y'all have elected to be sitting in a White House, I don't think he lives there. He just visits from time to time when he has to for a couple pictures or whatever. The person that's sitting in a White House, he has made it okay for all of the people who feel the way that he feels to now be, or to now have the confidence to express that to the world. I believe that most of the people that support him are like, hey, he can do it. Why can't I? And that's what we're experiencing right now. So back to the story. When he said that they're calling the police on y'all, I'm like, oh, my God. In my mind, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen next. So he said, I, I said, so what happened? He said, yeah, um, an African-American, because they don't want to say black, of course. An African-American girl came in earlier. She came in with her son. He was maybe four or five. He got a Slurpee. They paid for it. And then she started to walk out. As she walked out, the white lady came in, and she just thought, well, and he's, I'm sorry, let's go back. He said, she, he said she started to walk out pretty fast, like at an accelerated pace. So as the white lady was walking in, she uh, looked at the black lady and said, y'all stole those Slurpees. Like, mind you, she has absolutely no idea of what's happening in the store. Like, you just walked in. How dare you? How dare you say that this is what's happening? You don't know. So... She, he said she instantly picked up the phone and called the police. She called the police and I, he, he said, I don't know how fast it takes for the police react, to react because I've never had to call the police before in this area. But he said it's almost as if they picked up instantly. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what are you saying to me right now? Like, it was almost as if I had not read any stories. I had not heard anything on the news. As if I've never experienced the ends of racism as my in my life. Like, it felt like that to me. 
So he said, yeah, he, he it's almost as if they picked up instantly. And she immediately said, they're stealing Slurpees out of the gas station. And he was like, I want to be able to make sure that I get a copy of the audio. I said, what is that going to do for you? He was like, because I don't feel that way. And I don't want anybody that I... um that I serve any anything to to think that I feel that way. So if going forward, if if y'all he he did say y'all he's y'all meaning black people think that I'm discriminating against black people, I don't feel that way, and I want to be able to have the evidence that that's not how I feel that way. I mean that's not that's not the way that I feel, and I wasn't offended at all. And then when I, I looked down, well, I looked away from what he was saying, and he and he he cleared his throat, and he basically demanded my attention again. And he said, "You all are feeling what we've been feeling forever, or what we've been feeling since 9/11." He said, "Think about it. It's almost September 11 again, seven years later, and our people still feel this way. Like people still tighten up." when they see us in an airport or people still tighten up when they see us in a public place because they don't know what to expect. They all think that something's bad is going to happen when you have on, I don't know what it's called. He said the word, oh, the, the thing that covers your head and your face. Cause I had to ask for clarification. I was like, what's that? He was like, you know, the thing that women, women wear, it covers their head and majority of their face. And I was like, and it made sense to me. I was like, damn, this is what it feels like. So as we were having a conversation, we were going back and forth. I shared with him something that I had saw in the shade room uh, myself about a young lady that was in Walmart and a white woman called the police on her because she was using food stamps. And she said that um, those aren't your food stamps, so you don't have the right to use them. And she's like, first of all, man, your business. Like, before I get crazy, man, your business. And wh while we were just having the conversation back and forth, a white man walked up. And for maybe 60 seconds, he stood there. Maybe. He stood there. And he was waiting for the cashier to ring, her, ring him out. And then he cleared his throat again, making sure that he demanded the attention, the attention of everybody in the store that was listening. He said, that's what y'all deserve. That's what y'all get. Y'all thought that y'all was going to move into our area and it was just going to be peaches and cream. I was like, okay. And I and I promise everybody that knows me. Listen, if you know me, you know that I go from 0 to 100 real quick, but I processed it. And and as I processed it, my my mind went 5 4 3 2 1. And I was like, "F you. You don't know what you're talking about. You think that it's okay for you to come in at the ass of a conversation and give your opinion." If you don't want to be around the people that you're around, then get the fuck on. Like, get the F on. I'm sorry. But you don't know how to, you don't know how you're going to react until it happens. And I was on my way to Target. Target's my favorite store. I was on my way to Target. But I had to sit with myself for a minute. Like, man, this is what I've been warned about. 
the naive world that I've just been naive to or the, the world that I have been naive to has just knocked at my doorstep. Not only did it knock at my doorstep today, it knocked at my doorstep kind of last week. I addressed it and it it it, it, it kind of cleared itself out. The, the smoke settled and the dust, the dust cleared. But today it just felt like that was it. Like if it felt like the real thing. When you hear people talk about racism and the things that they've been through, you don't know until you know. You don't know until you've experienced it. You don't have an opinion until you've gone through it. And I had never gone through it before. Like I go to a lot of high-end areas and I shop in those areas because one, the people are nicer. When you go to a store, people don't give a damn about your color. They care about your money. So if they feel like you're spending your money, then they they with it. So I go to those areas majority um, for my kids and the things that I like to buy for them. But I have never experienced that until today. And I don't know how to feel. Like, I don't know how to move forward. It's not something that you can just shake off and say, okay, that's just a one-off situation. Not at all. That's something that I know for sure it's going to stay with me forever. And it's not a good feeling. Like, it kind of makes you... It puts you at the point where you're on edge, like you're waiting for the next situation. And the sad part is the guy tried to warn me. Like he tried to say, y'all got to be careful. And that was not racist because he put himself in the same situation that we were in. Like we have to be careful because we've come into an era or we've come into a time where the first thing that these people are doing is calling the police. If you hear what I say, don't feel sorry for me. Please don't. And the last thing I want people to do is feel sorry for me. Because had I been the person that you called the police on, because I'm educated enough to one, know my rights, and two, you just can't do me or talk to me any kind of way, it's it's not going to be acceptable. It wouldn't have been pretty for the store. It wouldn't have been pretty for that person. It wouldn't have even been pretty for the police. Like I probably would have been um, a hashtag had I allowed myself to go where I felt like I needed to go, but I didn't. Or had I allowed myself to give somebody else the power to even have the option to call the police on me. Because I know for a fact that it's not going to be great. Even though I've had a million conversations with my mom, I've had a million conversations with the people around me, a million conversations about what's the right and wrong thing to do. But what we what I can't forget is that I live in Texas. I live in Republican Texas in a really good area that is protected by Republicans and it's protected by the people who vote for Republicans and it's not designed to protect people that look like me although yes I pay my taxes yes um my kids go to a great school yes I am a abiding law citizen I'm all of that I don't give any problems but after the experience today it makes you turn into like I almost feel like 
a member of the Black Panther Party because now I'm with it. Like, I'm with the smoke. If you look at me crazy, I feel like right now at this very moment, I'm ready to go. And that's not how I want it to be. That's not something that I want my kids to experience. But now I feel like you have to fight bullshit with bullshit. You're not just going to be be how you feel like it's okay that you are because one thing I want people to realize that racism is taught. It is not something that people just born and you racist. No, that is something that's taught. It's passed down from generation to generation. And it makes these kids and these um, adults that's 30 and 40 and 50 make you think like it's okay. And then when you don't want to be a racist no more, it's too late because you didn't already harm too many people. You've already made the mark on life that you wanted to or you felt like you had to make the mark on. The hardest thing is pushing forward. The hardest thing is not feeling like you have to escape. The hardest thing is not feeling like now you have to be on edge or you feel like you have to make sure that whatever is said, it's said with pure intentions and it's not going to be with any kind of malicious intent between not only your family, but your kids, not only your kids, but um, the people that you represent, not only the people that you represent, but um not the color of your skin like one thing for sure is i can't sit here and say i stand for all the shit that black people do i don't think there's a white person that says i stand for all the shit that white people do but at some point we got to be able to say i stand for what's right today was not right the fact that the lady leading up to this made the decision that wasn't right and then she was co-signed by somebody that had absolutely nothing to do with nothing co-signed what she did it's not right and i always stand on the side of right oh i try my best to stand on the side of right and it's heavy to deal with to walk the straight line knowing that this is something that your kids might one day experience or your kids might one day encounter or your kids may not even understand the state of the world and they just they they're just forced to deal with it the the part that sucks the most is that we most of us live in areas that if you call the police and it's white against black the police is going to take the side of the white person and that's the part that's so sad. That's the part that's so scary. Because ever since I've moved here, I probably have had two black associates and 15 white, honestly. And then on top of that, I have a son that's going into the fourth grade and he has never had a black friend in his life. So imagine if kids are being kids and they get into some shit. The first thing that's going to happen is they are going to be trained to blame the black boy and now I have to defend mine now I have to turn into mama bear now my thorns I have to will have to go up because I don't have any other choice the most disheartening thing is that we're still having this conversation in 2018 when Juneteenth was just very was not long ago and we were just celebrating the the uh, the abolishment of slavery and black people being free and being able to do the things that they want to do. And we just had a black president and, 
And Oprah's a billionaire in all of the great things that's going on in the black world at this time. We still have to deal with this. We still have to deal with being the outsiders to the insiders. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump because I feel personally, and you can tell me if you're wrong, I feel personally that he has made it okay for all of the racist people of the world to have confidence and to stand up and to call the police and to do the things that wasn't okay a couple years ago. It's okay now because you get to discriminate towards people. We're going to discriminate towards people. Like I said, every single time I, I crack this mic, it's always it makes me, it gives me, it's, it's, it's therapy. Every single time I crack this mic, it's therapy. And I feel like I get a little bit off my chest. This is heavy. I don't feel like after I've talked for almost 30 minutes that I've gotten something off my chest. I don't. I want to make sure that we are doing our parts to make sure that we're standing for each other. And we just not falling for anything. Like one thing you're not going to be able to do is say... All right, well, this is just another whatever, acting like another whatever. No, you're not going to, you're never going to be able to say that. Because, first of all, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a hard worker, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister. Like, I'm so much more than the stereotypes that they put us in. And it's hard. It's hard not to retaliate and it's hard the hardest thing for me and I'm not gonna lie the hardest thing for me is to explain this to my husband in the way that he isn't going to go out and look for whomever because I have the type of husband that's with all shit like he is with any smoke that's presented to him like it's it's not no it's not any fears. He he doesn't fear anything. He doesn't fear anyone. He doesn't feel inferior to anyone. So it's all about making sure that you I have the dialogue with him. First of all to make him understand that I'm cool, like I'm okay. It's going to take a lot to get over and now I'm on the edge, but he has to understand that I'm okay because his first thing and people don't look at him and see that he's a pit bull and he's ready to attack at any time, but that's him. Like he is the person that's going to protect his at all times. So when I called him, like when I, I went to the gas station, I played a lot of it. I went in Target because it's like it's almost like right next to each other. And I called him when I was on my way back. And I said, babe, I'm on my way back. Uh, but I need to talk to you. And he heard it in my voice like, what's wrong? Like, it, and the, the great thing about us is like we can feel each other's connections. This is not a bragging moment, but that's what it is. And he knew something wasn't right. So as soon as I came in, I let him know. And he just went silent. It was like, okay, God. What am I supposed to do? Usually it's one, two, three, go. Boom. I don't care what nobody feel about anything. It's one, two, three, go. But because this is almost the second experience we've had in the last seven days. Uh, last last week he sat down to me. He sat me down and he said, um, this is what we asked for. 
we have to be prepared to accept what's coming. We didn't decide to live in an urban area or we didn't decide to make sure that our kids saw more of us than they saw of everyone else. We didn't make that decision. We made the decision to put our kids in a diverse area in the best school districts and um and in a a new a newer housing development area so that they would have the best chances or what we deemed at the time the best chances at success. And I was surprised to hear him say that. Like last week I was I I a thousand percent thought that I was going to hear him say, let's do it. I'm with the smoke. Like we have things in that's um, prepared for people for a reason uh, that stays locked up out of the, out of harm's way of all, all of, of both of our kids. But I was prepared to see him react in the way that I would probably be bailing him out of jail. But that's not how he reacted. He had to calm me down. And I keep telling you, you have to find somebody that balances you out. Because when I'm turned, he always figures out a way to level me. And when he's about to act a fool, I'm the one that feels that figures out the way to level him. And it, it's not the greatest feeling. Right now, I feel like I'm still, I still have a bit of animosity. I, ha I still have a bit of anxiety I have a, a bit of I want to kick your ass in a way that it's going to take a little bit more to calm me down but I'll be alright it was just it, now I know now I feel like and I always say I want to be at an equal playing field with all parties like I don't mind races I never had a problem with races as long as you know or as long as you let me know that you're racist and I can handle you or react to you accordingly, then that's cool. But when you're blindsided, it's hard. And today I was blindsided. Today I wasn't prepared for what I got. I want all of any person. I want any person who's listening to this podcast to know that this world is not what we think it is. It's not as great. It's not as peachy. It's not exactly what we what we think it is or what we want it to be but we can all play a part in making it better i'm gonna go ahead and let y'all go we we've had enough time together i still need to process a few things uh again thank y'all for listening i appreciate your time y'all be blessed and make sure you tune into the next edition of the millennial mama podcast thank you y'all be blessed